Earlier today, Riker Evans also reassigned by the Kraken to Coachella Valley. So before you want to run away with this here, maybe the Kraken right now are in the middle of a bye week. Coachella Valley is not. So Evans will get three games down there at least with them on the schedule. Two ahead against Calgary, one ahead with Tucson after this Saturday. He'll be off to the American Hockey League All-Star Game in San Jose. The skills competition coming up on Sunday and the game, which will be a second appearance in two seasons for his pro career. That's saying a lot. It will be this coming Monday. So Evans getting a chance for more game reps with 12 points in 22 games. And for sure, he's on par here to get back to big minutes here on Coachella Valley's blue line for the duration that He's needed at the AHL level. Well, the Firebirds at this point aren't cooking. Take a listen. They're basically cooking with gas. Morrison, blue line for Ottavine. Back to Morrison, down low, back door, right off the post. The rebound, they score! Shane Wright puts it to the front of the net, and Coachella Valley back within one. 13.54 to go in the second period as Shane Wright gets his 16th of the year. And McCormick puts it in front for Hayden, waiting it out, shoots, he scores! John Hayden shorthanded, and Coachella Valley takes the lead halfway through the second period. Yep, the Firebirds keep on rolling. That's the call from Evan Pivnik on the Coachella Valley radio side. They have taken over first place in the Pacific Division. Once again, top seven get into the playoffs, 24-12, 4-1. They have just five regulation losses. Count them in the last 25 games. They will open up now a seven-game homestand this evening with Calgary. After that, they have Tucson on the schedule. Matter of fact, two with Calgary, one with Tucson, two with Henderson, one with San Jose, and one as well with Colorado. That's our countdown to Coachella Valley and the Kraken Audio Network will be on location again to remind you at the home of the Firebirds for four days including pregame, intermission, and postgame coverage for the Kraken and Boston Bruins on the 15th of February, just before the Firebirds take on San Jose at Acrisure Arena. So get fired up for Firebirds home games this February. The Coachella Valley Firebirds will host seven games at Acrisure Arena, and now's your chance to see the hottest team on ice in action. Join them for a series of action-packed games, including Mardi Gras night, Pink and the Reek night, Kids Day, and more. Don't miss out on seeing the Firebirds in February. Visit cvfirebirds.com for more info and to get your tickets. Now, let's fly. Let's just jump into this right now. Final chat before the All-Star break, and we had it right here with Oliver Bjorkstrand. The All-Star game will be here coming up, and I know that you shared the meaning, but I'm curious how long, first off, it took for you to get through all the congratulatory text messages. Yeah, there's a few. Uh, yeah, it's hard to reply right away to all of them, but uh, there's a good amount. So it's nice when people reach out and congratulate you and so on. So, um, no, it's definitely calmed down a little bit now. So, uh, yeah, now I can uh, rest a little bit and just uh, yeah, try to enjoy it. In what ways, though, do you sense an honor like that does as far as validating your career goals to this point overall and for this season oh, it's nice uh, it's nice getting that validation and uh, uh, yeah being able to get nominated for that so it's just a, a big honor um, but yeah it's, it's a good feeling uh, honestly mostly because of that uh, the tried and true phrase is the hockey world is a small world is there anybody in particular that you're looking forward to seeing out there in Toronto player wise um, no, I just, um, nobody in particular, just, uh... Or anybody. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I'm just in, uh, 
yeah, no, I'm just looking forward to enjoying the event, and I think it'll, it'll be special uh, being a part of uh, being around all the, the good players in the league and, and uh, seeing what that's like. So, um, yeah, didn't think I was ever going to be a part of that, so it's, it's a cool feeling. I couldn't help but uh, get a little bit of an enjoyment of hearing about the journey that you've taken as far as fatherhood, getting married first, of course, before coming here, but now adding here to the family. How is family right now, and how is fatherhood treating you as well? Oh, it's good. It's keeping me busy. Um, yeah, it has its challenges during the season, being gone on road trips and this and that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's nice to have uh, your better half at home, taking care of uh, all the big things in life. So a lot of credit to her. And um, But, no, it's, it's, it's really fun seeing uh, your kid grow and, um, yeah, creating a family. Who's sleeping more these days, mom or dad? <laughs> dad. I think that uh, I get the I get the road trips to catch up and sleep. So she's uh, she's more on uh, 24/7 in that case. So uh, yeah, I got to take that one. <laughs> I get more sleep. How do you work out the sleep schedule then once that you two are home? You know, we're pretty fortunate that he sleeps pretty well for the most part. There's obviously uh, sleep regressions and this and that, but um, no, I I try to help out more at home so she can catch up and sleep a little bit. But uh, He's been good to us, so it's it's not um, that much of an issue with sleep at night. Yanni Gord, his energy, his experience, and what has he done as far as you and Tolby here for this line as a whole? Yeah, I think he's ready to get back. I don't think he's a guy who likes sitting out, so um, yeah, he's going to be... He's the first guy out there. Yeah, he's ready to go, uh, so we're aware of that. But no, he... Uh, he has a lot of grit to our lineup and uh, opens things up for us. And I mean, he makes plays and can put the puck in the net. So all around, it's, it's he's fun to play with. But um, no, you always get good effort from him, and, and, and it really helps the line uh, get going. Oliver, appreciate this. Congratulations to you again in the All-Star Game. Thank, Thank you so much. Great stuff with Oliver as we got him with the Kraken roster still in a bit of flux. Recently plugging Vince Dunn back into the lineup. Yanni Gord as well off his two-game suspension. So despite the Kraken loss last night, to San Jose. It's going to be a big line the Kraken are going to rely on here if they want to keep afloat in this playoff race. Ellie Tolvanen, Yanni Gord, and Oliver Bjorkstrand basically inseparable since last season when they reached the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, our next guest joining us by phone, he's a dad like me. He's a hockey figure. We all aspire <laughs> to become... He's Jeff Merrick of oh, Sportsnet <laughs> in the 32 hey, Thoughts podcast. <laughs> Jeff, hi. How Mike, are you? Mike, aim, aim. Aim, I'm good. Aim much higher. That is a low <laughs> bar you're setting for every low bar, Mike. Low bar. How do you do it? And, and do you recommend any kind of coffee for the work schedule? So we we grind our own beans here, um, and we do drink a lot of coffee in this household. Oh, yeah. uh, my wife and I. So I'm a I'm a dyed in the wool. Like I'm not a drinker. I don't. I'm not like a drug guy either. I'm my my jam is coffee. That's that's what keeps me. Uh, that's what keeps me going. Through oh, the day. you're speaking my language, my friend. Well, I certainly appreciate your time <laughs> here. As we're getting closer to the All Star Game, the schedule has just been jammed up with uh, a lot of breaking news this week. Yep. And the All Star Game this weekend, yep. by the way, in Toronto, Justin Bieber, Michael Bublé will be a part of this. The three on three bonanza, of course, will continue. Teams will draft mm -hmm. players from the All-Star Pool and even the PWHL. I think pretty cool. Going to be involved here in a three-on-three -three competition. Uh, what are you most looking forward to, yeah. Jeff? Uh, PWHL, uh, certainly very much interested in that. And I should note for your listeners as well, don't be surprised if somewhere down the road, I'm sure you've heard and probably talked about this before as well, Mike, I think they really like the Seattle market, and I wouldn't be surprised if 
when the expansion starts to go west, that Seattle ends up with a team. Uh, yeah. Women's hockey's always done well uh, in Seattle, so that wouldn't surprise me. So looking forward to that. But I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the skills contest, and I like the way that they they're doing it. Um, crowning one ultimate champion as opposed to just, and now here's a, here's Elias Pedersen. He's champion for hardest shot, and here's Dylan Larkin, your fastest skater. Like, I like that they're coming up with the idea of, you know, one single champion. I would love it, by the way, Mike, if at the end of it all there's a pro wrestling style or boxing style belt that gets <laughs> awarded to the one, one ultimate winner. Which can you know reside in the Hockey Hall of Fame and get brought out every year at All Star if they stick with this format. But you know, I'm I'm embarrassed that I hadn't considered this to be an option ever before. Like the way that I've always, I'm not sure how you do it, but whenever you know, I wonder like you know who is a better hockey player, Rocket Richard or or, or Mark Messier. Yeah. What I do in my own little mind is I say like, okay, well, you know, let's take five Mark Messiers and five Rocket Richards. Line them up as you would, you know, left wing, right wing, center, lefty, righty. Two goaltenders of equal value drop the puck. And considering what goes into a hockey player, which is, you know, skating and passing and shooting and vision and toughness and all those types of things, drop the puck. What does the game look like and who do you think wins? But, and, and, and this, the way to do in the competition this year, that's kind of the same idea. Like you're taking as many of the characteristics that go into making a hockey player and saying, okay, who can do all of these aggregately the best? I am endlessly fascinated and curious to see who comes out on top of this one. And no surprise that, you know, part of the, you know, one of the people that helped put this package together was Connor McDavid. So I don't think it was surprise anybody if he wins the whole thing. Uh, but I think it's smart that they went to Conor McDavid for, for some input on this one. My mind just goes so many places with that wrestling belt thing. You can get Triple H, you can get John <laughs> Cena also involved, like raising McDavid's hand as yeah. the winner. Austin Matthews, um, my, my my word that just we can go in different areas here with this. Uh, but before I get It'd to more, uh, but I think before I get to more All Star Game talk here, you did mention, yeah, we have heard the murmurs get a little bit louder about Seattle potentially as a PWHL market. What's your initial feel, Jeff, as far as why this could fit? Uh, it's always drawn well. Um, you know, the, uh, the camp, there, there was a one big eye-opener for everybody. And you'll excuse me if I don't know the exact attendance figure. This would have been, I want to say, last year, um, Canada-U.S., which drew an enormous number. I think that really raised, uh, raised eyebrows. And I, I think ultimately what they want to do when they do Western Expansion is I think Seattle is a very desirable market um, because attendance has always done well there, and there's been expressions of interest as well. Um, this whole thing is sort of headquartered in Los Angeles, so I can see LA, um, LA having a, a team somewhere down the road. But I mean, ultimately, you know, it, it seems as if you know the business model here, because all the teams are owned essentially, for lack of a better term, by head office, and the business plan is to eventually sell all these teams off. Um, and I think that, you know, in an ideal world, it's NHL teams uh, that end up buying them. We know that Fenway Sports in Pittsburgh uh, is interested in the PWHL team. Like, I don't think it would be a surprise to see other NHL teams, whether it's Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, uh, New York, Boston, Minnesota, get involved in some type of ownership capacity. Uh, and I don't think that, you know, I don't think it would be a surprise to anybody to see, you know, a, 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 an organization like the Seattle Kraken 
uh, a very progressive and you know front leaning and front thinking organization get involved in women's hockey as well. I am getting ahead of myself here, but mainly Seattle because the appetite seems to have always been there for hockey. And when the PWHL is ready to go west, uh, don't be surprised if Seattle gets a team. I would also I'll tell you one here. Yeah, you know Seattle is is one of the markets that I've heard that they're looking at doing neutral site games at as early as this season as well. Don't be surprised if, if Seattle gets a, a one, at least one PWHL game as, as, as early as this year. What an incredible story that we could be seeing unfold, especially after the big crowd they drew for the rivalry series game from uh, this last season. So uh, just shifting gears here, Jeff, I'm curious once we're out of this all-star game mix, that's when our attention is then geared more toward the trade deadline. Uh, what, what's your immediate read on where the Kraken stand right now amidst all the craziness in the Western Conference? They want goal scoring. Like, make, make no mistake about it. Like, this is why, you know, Ron Francis uh, initially went out and made the Tomas Tatar deal. You know, this is this is the recognition that, you know, they're, they're, they're shooting well underneath their expected goals and that if they're going to have any type of success, um, you know, getting to the getting to the playoffs and, and maybe even doing something like they did last year, uh, they're going to need more goal scorers. Um, you know, there was a, there was a lot of goals that, that left in the off season, so I, I think front and center, uh, provided Joey Decord continues to play the way that he has. Oh man, one of the great stories in the NHL. Yeah, he's been great uh, and a wonderful story. Um, you know, I, I think that that uh, that Ron Francis is still very much out there trying to find someone that can that can score goals. I know it's the hardest thing in hockey. I get that. And I, I know that it's not easy to find someone that can score goals because play, you know, teams hold on to goal scorers and it's, you pay a premium uh, for those types of players. But I, I think that that's very much on the, on the wish list for, for Rod Francis here. Jeff, where are you at with the trade market this year with game-breaking forwards and maybe what it will take to land one? Well, I mean, the two big names, I mean, Lindholm and Getzel, uh, Calgary and Pittsburgh, those, those seem to be, um, those seem to be the two that are, that are sort of dominating the, uh, the, the headlines here. Um, and, you know, I mean, how many times have we heard, Mike, all it takes is two teams. Like if you're just negotiating with one, the price is low, but then all of a sudden another team gets involved and whoops, you know, what was once a second round pick. Now you're talking about a first. Uh, I think that Sean Monaghan will be desired as well on a very team-friendly contract uh, right now with the, with the Montreal Canadiens on the on the expiring deal. Um, and there's always like we see this before, like whether I mean the big one was Manta for Rana a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. There's always that one trade, and it's usually late. And we all say to ourselves, "I didn't see that one coming." You know, like I'll look at. Um, I'll look at a team like the Buffalo Sabres, for example, and I think logically you look at it and say, okay, if there's going to be a surprise move, maybe it's Casey Millsat because they might have a hard time given their, you know, their, their salary cap commitments for next year. They might have a tough time with, with Millsat and that salary structure. And then you say to yourself, okay, if, that's true. Is there anyone else we should have our eyes on? Uh, and I think people are maybe wondering about someone like Alex Tuck mm-hmm. as well. Like again, like I'm just I'm just spitballing this year. Like yeah. this isn't like a report like Buffalo shopping Alex Tuck miracle report. That's not it. I'm just wondering if 
you know, if, if the Sabres continue to spiral, you know, which direction is Kevin Adams going to go down here? Yeah. And, you know, who, who, who could be some of the casualties? Middlestat jumps out at me, and I, I, I do, as much as they love him, he's a great player, I, I do wonder about Alex Tuck. Entering today, the Kraken two points out of the playoff picture. There's a three-way tie between Nashville, Los Angeles, and St. Louis for the two wild-card spots. Who's the biggest threat to you, Jeff, here among those three teams at this point for the Kraken? Boy, man, L.A. should be way better than they are. Oh. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, you know, the, uh, the the game on Tuesday night was a really disappointing one for the St. Louis Blues. You know, that was their opportunity. Uh, to grab the first wild card spot, you know they've had they've had a great push in trying to get there, and then they came out and you know Drew Bannister said they were playing cute hockey. Nobody wanted to go to the net hard. It seemed like they were they were a, they were a team that were very much um, kinda, I don't want to say checked out, but they understood that they were all getting on planes and going south the next day and wanted to make sure they didn't have a hospital bracelet on uh, while their all star break was was starting. That was really disappointing. That was one of the worst efforts. Uh, I've seen from the St. Louis Blues all season long. Um, but you always do wonder about Doug Armstrong come trade deadline time. Look, Nashville's always got goaltending. And if uh, UC Saros gets hot, I mean, he can he can run with the team. But the one that I keep coming back to is Los Angeles. Like, I'm one of these, I'm one of these people, Mike, that's still stunned at how poorly things have gone for L.A., and maybe I just got lulled into how good they were at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But I'll even go back to last year. I mean, I have to go back to last year where they looked really, really good. Um, I know that goaltending has been an issue at times as well. I know, you know, chemistry with some of the new players, certainly with Pierre-Luc Dubois has been an issue, but I can't just help thinking that there's a, that there's a better team there. <sighs> Jeez, especially when you look down the, down the middle. Um, I, I'm going to maybe plug my nose on this one and say the Los Angeles Kings mm. because I just can't believe how they're falling. And maybe all they need is a is a little bit of an all star break to reset. I'll I'll take L A. Put this way, put this way, Mike. Yeah. I'll take L A. And I'm ready to be on uh, old takes exposed because of it. <laughs> I will be. I'm sure to protect your name at all costs. By the way, I appreciate you with that. Um, Thanks, Mike. <laughs> f- finally, Salt Lake City and the noise getting louder of an NHL team getting in there. Jeff, what's likelier to you, expansion or someone moving? Uh, that's a great question. Um, wow. I would say, you know, given the way, I mean, I mean the, the subtext here is Arizona. Um, given the way that deadlines have always moved and always shifted and there's always been another little bit of life support, support for Arizona, I will, uh, I'll say expansion. But having said that, I, I know it's, it, it, I know we've said this before again too, Mike, it's kind of getting to the last hour and yeah. we're kind of getting the short strokes now. Uh, and the NHL needs an answer. And I know they don't want to you know, pull up stakes or pull the rug under that ownership group necessarily. Um, but I, I do very much think that one way or another, Ryan Smith, the owner of the Utah Jazz, will get an NHL team. Like, put it this way. Like, you saw that release from Ryan Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't happen, you know, without the NHL knowing about it and giving it approval. Like we had Ryan Smith on our podcast, Elliot and I, last year, and I'm certain that he's not allowed to do that podcast without the NHL's approval and yes. talk openly about wanting an NHL team. You know, if the NHL is not 
cool with it. I mean, the NHL likes to do things very quietly. That's how, listen, that's how, um, that's how the Winnipeg Jets got the Atlanta Thrashers and got Winnipeg Jets version 2.0. That's why the NHL has, you know, never really liked the way that various Quebec groups have done business, you know, loading up fans in buses to, 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 to travel to Long Island, you know, to, to talk about, you know, send the Islanders to Quebec. Um, they don't like that noise, which is why whenever Ryan Smith comments publicly about wanting a team, all I can think about, Mike, is that's the NHL allowing Ryan Smith to chum the waters for either a relocation or maybe more specifically an expansion. And I think dovetailing with that, we should keep our eyes on Atlanta as well. I think those are, you know, when, when you're asking to open the expansion process, with uh, the blessing of the league, I think Utah comes with it and understanding that Atlanta will apply for one as well. Jeff, thank you for doing this. You're a gentleman, a scholar, a father, a legend. Uh, I'm sorry to miss you at the Winter Classic. <laughs> Your time is valuable. Thank you so much, my friend. I'll raise you a cup of coffee as well. Let's talk soon again, shall we? Uh, of all those descriptors, the only one you got right was father. Uh, thank you for it, Mike. You, you I, I like the way you, you read that just as I wrote it. I appreciate it. <laughs> Great stuff, Jeff, my man, my friend. Thank you so much, says Jeff Merrick. He is always a treat. Joining us from the Sportsnet side, of course, he and Elliot Friedman of the world-famous 32 Thoughts podcast. We appreciate Jeff checking in with a boatload of information we can certainly digest here short-term and long-term here for the future. We'll get back to Ian in just a bit and to your reaction right after this. Kraken Weekly is on 93.3 KJRFM.